The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. <laughs> this is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk. Man, I'm so happy with this show today, boy. I got two great friends, two great Wyoming, you know, colleagues, you know, um, Slate from NBA play. You that Slate? I'm here feeling the love, brother. I'm here feeling the love. <laughs> and Theo Ratliff. You that Theo? My man, I'm here. <laughs> Yo, man, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Am I on the phone with D.C.O. Ratliff? Am I on the phone with one of the most highly uh, regarded human beings in the Georgia area, Wyoming area, former NBA all-star, uh, philanthropist, great dad, great husband, Theo Ryan Hey, man, just trying to be me, man. Just trying to be me, man. Okay, okay. Hey, I appreciate all the compliments, though, my brother. <laughs> hey, Slate, you really feeling the love today, aren't you? Feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> you see all the tweets you be putting out. He shows all the love to all the people all the time. Hey, guys, I appreciate you. Know, I just want to make the show we get to talk about, you know, just um, you guys, what y'all done, and then by Wyoming, you know, just up and come Wyoming. I hear a lot of people, you know, just talk about Wyoming and just what we we encounter. You guys encounter being there, you know, people need to, you know, go to Wyoming. Uh, I want to start off, you know, Slate. I start with you. We go with age before beauty, right? Or was that beauty for age? Which one is the red? <laughs> I, think I think it's age before beauty, but since I'm that rare combination, I'll go ahead and, and start off if there's any, you know. Whatever. <laughs> just go ahead. You know, just, let's start off with talking about Wyoming. I mean, when you got there, what you thought before. I know when they recruited me there, I was like, Wyoming, where am I going to, you know? What were you thinking when you was getting recruited to Wyoming? What your thoughts on it, you know? Well, it's been, gosh, it's been decades since I was recruited by Wyoming, so it's difficult for me to think way back in the 80s. <laughs> this, is what, this, is, this is what I know about Wyoming right now, is that it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a great state, and there are some fantastic, I mean fantastic people there that I enjoy going back and, and reliving and visiting uh, and rehashing old memories with. I love me some of the new Wyoming people, and, um, you know, that's what sticks out to me uh, so much. Theo? 
Well, me, I mean, for me being a a guy from a small town in Alabama, going out and seeing the snow-capped mountains and and seeing the beautiful scenery for the first time uh, going out on the recruiting trip uh, really captivated me and just the, the freshness of of the area and the people because, you know, there's not a whole lot going on as far as buildings around there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was um, it was very impressive. And then the people was, was just as, as impressive, you know, very caring and generous people um, that really cared about basketball. They really cared, and, and they really, really showed, you know, the time that I was there. You know what Theo Red's like? Talk about the '80s. That was back in the '60s. He was recruited. We're not trying to tell your age, but we got to And, and of course, right. you know, making the great, the great friendships that that we made throughout our playing careers. You know, that's always the highlight. A lot of the guys who you still keep up with, you know, to this day, and know their families and, and know what they're doing, and and continue to communicate. And have good fun times, especially once we get on the phone and start joking at each other. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Theo, because that was what I was going to talk about next, you know. Um, we still don't agree that. But, you know, like you say, the guys, you know, all got we keep in touch on the phone or get back and go. You know, how important that is, that's like a brotherhood, no matter who's the football team, basketball, you know, everybody embrace everybody. Go ahead, Rex. Well, we shared experiences uh, and have seen things with each other because, you know, college, first of all, particularly in athletics, you go through a transition period uh, from a young adult to an adult. And, you know, basketball is such a alpha male sport, right? Um, you know, once Theo got established as to who he is, he did not want anybody to knock him off the totem pole, nor did I during my time there. And everybody else has their role. So, what happens is inevitably we all have our vulnerable points, right? We all have lows. And to have guys around that are around and, you, and, and, and they've seen you at your highest highs and some of your lowest lows and they still accept you and they still call you brother and they still rely on you, those are situations that establish the brotherhood that stand the test of time. You know, some of these guys I haven't talked to in years, but it matters not because we have such a deep bond uh, with each other. Now, with the creation of phones, I don't know if they had phones back when I was playing, but now they have these, these portable phones that we can talk and... Nah, and bro, with no phone going on you play. <laughs> 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 they barely they even have it when I was playing, so I know they didn't have it with you. <laughs> there wasn't no phone, Reg. You know it wasn't. There wasn't no cell phones going on. <laughs> no, it wasn't, Seriously, I used to sneak into the... Um, this was back in the 80s when long distance was really expensive. And my roommate, Mike Brown, and I would sneak into the arena and make long-distance phone calls. <laughs> back to you. <laughs> oh, Lord. In the dark. Right. Man, it's hard to get Well, you better not call home, collect. You're <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, because I sure wasn't coming calling home, collect. You're exactly right. <laughs> hey, Theo, you call home, collect. If they collect off a red, you read like, I'm okay, and then mom wants to step. No, we want to step, but we know you're okay. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and true. <laughs> 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 
would you say to your going back in those times of you know the brotherhood? You know, um, like I said, definitely the, the brotherhood that you develop, um, not just on the basketball court, but we were all tight because you know it wasn't a lot of minorities in Wyoming at the time. I, I don't think there's that many as I've been back before. It's not not too many that's on the campus now um, that's representing Wyoming. So we all kept that brotherhood and that commonality alive of of, of uh, what you know as far as, you know, with being, being a part of and being around your race and just growing and developing, you know, from each other. And like Reggie said, when you, you go through hard times, a lot of people go through hard times, and you always want to be able to turn back to your brother to – to give you that confidence and that ability to be able to to get over those hard times, um, and, and like I said, a lot of card games, you know, a lot of lot of, a lot of lot of lot of just diving at each other on a consistent basis. You know, a lot of times we just sit around in the dorm rooms, you know, ten, twelve deep, and just either playing <laughs> cards, talking, <laughs> so just talking mess to everybody. Um, just having a good time, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, you, you just can't you can't forget those times and the times that you had while you was there. Yeah, FYI, I was thumbing through an old photo uh, photograph book I have, and I do have yeah. old pictures of you and Mike, and there's some other people that are in the picture that I never would put on Facebook without your permission, and I don't think I'm <laughs> um, Don't worry about it. Somebody already going to put it on there. Uh, yeah, they, 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 oh, they're in my photo app. I'm not going to put those out there because I don't need any questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that, my brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> y'all were such fashion gurus back then. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we got some Who I did not hang out with, 
and even if there were guys that I didn't particularly hang out with on what they did in their in their spare time, we all had that commonality as Theo talked about as far as hey, there's not a lot of minorities here, but we we you know it's hard trying to find somebody to cut your hair, for instance, right? Right. And I was Kenny Smith's best best friend at, at least twice a week or <laughs> every two weeks because I wanted to get my hair cut. You know, and, and, and the same with Theo. I remember when Theo came. You know, I think I was a senior, a junior or senior. I can't remember, but I remember Theo came in just like every other guy came in there with a Fruit of the Loom white T-shirt and some, yeah. uh, you know, Levi's that were too small because he was growing. Yeah. I remember that. But yeah. what, 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 what's more important is, and, you know, Theo found his niche and his group. But even though we might have went away in certain things that we did. We all had that commonality of going through the same struggles during approximately the same time and having enough commonality to come together always during the tough times, you know? So. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it's hard to break that bond when you're eating them peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> In, yes, sir. In the, uh, in the summertime, yeah, so. when, you, when you're there by yourself in no cafeteria clothes, you don't have no money in your pocket. I mean, it was it was uh, a, it was a real struggle, and you know, um, I'm glad they're giving them a little bit of change now, so they <laughs> so kids don't have to uh, have to go through that as much. But but back then, I mean, when no when nothing being exchanged as far as no stipend or anything. And, you know, like, I didn't come from no, from any money. I came from the poorest part of Alabama you could come from. So I had to make do. I know where, I know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a heartbeat. I can do that better than anybody. <laughs> so, so we all, you know, we all got to either try to gather the little coins together we did have and try to start, uh, get a meal out of that. Or, you know, it was always the go-to, peanut butter and jelly. But, um... When you have those type of situations with guys, um, and, you know, I came up with, with Quinn Higgins. Uh, Big Slate was a senior, but he was the mean guy. So when nobody really wanted to fool Slate too much, you know, until, until you get to know him, you were scared of him. <laughs> but, 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 but he was good people. Uh, Mike Brown, and then we had the great Mo Alexander in Paris. Yeah, boy, yeah. we had some characters. Well, there were some characters right there. Boy, they used Absolutely. to write a book. Yeah. You ain't lying about that. Two alone. <laughs> so you, so you it was just um, a lot of fun times, man. You said some <laughs> funny slate, you know, because when I came back, I met the yo. He had those tight old jeans on. I'm like, man, you got to get a use infection. No. Oh, no. Hey, man, that's his style now, baby. That's his style. I was ahead of y'all. He's <laughs> a trendsetter. The brother yeah, of was ahead of y'all, man. That's all. Y'all ain't know what was going on. <laughs> hey, hey, Reg, I was like, who's this guy with these jeans on so <laughs> you know, yeah. But no, you got it. Yeah, the pound with tight jeans on. What is that? <laughs> I remember, like you said, Rex, we had a guy, his name was uh, Melvin Wells. He was the one cutting all the people's hair, the minorities, and he cut Phyllis' hair and tore his head up. I remember, was like, hey, man, I'm mad at you, but we cool. We cool. <laughs> yeah, it's always important, dude, to find the love. Learn. 
But you know what's crazy is, uh, you know, you look at the new arena that they're putting up there for football. I think they actually have a barbershop in the new arena. How crazy yeah. is that? Right, right, right. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Talk about let's talk about that. How how all it changed because I know we came to Long they had none of that stuff. When I went back there, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. We had this, you know. But uh <laughs> right. they they got it going. Talk about that guy. Where they got it all going for the basketball players and just the sports in general. Bro, I think, um, yeah, I think for, for one, man, um, the recruiting process is always a hard process. Um, and if you don't have the right amenities for kids when they're coming in they're looking to, uh, to sign with colleges or looking at colleges, then that's an automatic turnoff. And I think, you know, um, the Booster Club and, and, and some of the, uh, the alumni have done a great job of, of going in and revamping, you know, especially on the football side and then on the basketball side. They're currently, you know, still having renovations and stuff going on to, to give it a whole new look and uh, a brand new look for the, uh, the 2017 season. Um, I think that's, that's what you. That's what you got to have. If you don't have that, then you can forget about recruiting a lot of the the kids that you, quote unquote, trying to get in order to help you win. Um, and so I think that's very important. And then just the what the team have been doing as far as on the football side, I, I make sure I, I um, keep my eye on that and, and seeing the amount of comebacks they had this year. Um, it was amazing, you know, to see. You know, the team doing so well, you know, on the football side. And then getting that close to getting that bowl game on another great comeback, comeback in the fourth quarter um, right. was, was really, really exciting to see. And then seeing the basketball team, you know, gelling the way it gelled um, with the guys that they had on the team, um, it, it's, it's, it's been great to see and come back and participate in the parts of the game also being able to speak to the players and just give them a different perspective on just working and, and attitude and what it takes in order to be a winner. And I think Greg Slate does a great job of being able to come back and lend his expertise in that. And I try to, you know, throw something in there every now and then when I come down. And just seeing all the people, it's so much love every time you step in Wyoming. Um, it's like just a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you know, every time I touch down there, so um, it, it's it's you know we I thank them every time I step on on the uh, on that scene. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, uh, before we go break, I want to touch on something. I gotta um, give a shout out. I know you guys too, but uh, there's always one person in our life that you know we around me that just there like, and I want to say mine was like, um, and all of we still talk about this. Paul Roach, you know what he done for us uh, and been there like open court. I mean, open door and all that. And I, I've been hearing, you know, I talked to Kenny Smith. I know you, Clay, talk you, T.R. Uh, Murray Brown. Am I right, Clay? Oh, yeah. Very important. Yeah, very yeah, important. Very, yeah, uh, it just You have that person that you can always go to or talk to or go over and, you know, when you feel or not, you you know, you, you far from home that you, you know, and that's all I've been hearing, you know, a lot of guys talk about him and and, and we talk about Paul Rose. Talk, talk, talk a little bit about that, you know, because that's important when you're out of town, you're away from family, you're young, 
Because I'm like you, Reg. We all came from JUCO, you know. So, well, go right. ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I'll go on this one first, at least. I think that a lot of the – if you look at a lot of the guys that, that come to college, at least during that time period that Theo and I was there, a lot of us have – not all, but a lot of us have similar paths. A lot of us uh, grew up in – But without a father figure, you know, if you were fortunate enough to have a father figure, you kind of missed that uh, that person. Uh, Maury, for me at least, was a guy that I could always count on to to give me to let me to to advise me because sometimes you need to hear things to pick you up, right? And he would always, whether it was a kick in the ass or a pat on the back, would always be real with me. And, uh, you know, and, and, and oftentimes, just like I tell with kids, you need somebody else to believe in you before you even believe how good you can be, you know. And he was, he was a guy that's, you know, said you can, if you had a bad game, you can bounce back from that. Or, you know, there's things that you can do that you probably don't know. Uh, you just have to be tough. I mean, how many times have I heard that word from that guy? And he was just a, 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 a person that was always there um uh, positive person for me, and I think a great many other guys, uh, uh, add to the fact add to the fact you never want to play cards with him because he, he has a great memory and he can count cards. And if you ever play Tonk or Jim with him, you're more than likely be on the losing end. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take, take more of the Vegas with me then, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's like that's like when I was when I was in the league. And we, you know, you have those long plane rides from one coach to the other, and guys are on the right. plane playing poker or gin. You know who's gonna win is the dude with the deepest pocket. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You already know. Hey, we so do the whole Sacramento. <laughs> we do the whole. When I was in Minnesota, we do the whole Sacramento, you know, the Lakers, Clippers thing, uh, a right. uh, Phoenix, and then come back home. And Kevin Garnett would be killing it, not because he was yeah. an expertise player. That sucker had deeper pockets. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> no limit. Pocket has no limit. <laughs> exactly. Everybody else called. Absolutely. He's like, nah, I'm right. good. <laughs> cool. Right. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I think for I think for me, um, I think once Coach Wright came in, um, he really uh, became like a father figure to me. Just like Slate was saying, you know, we we grew up in grew up in similar backgrounds. Where I just had my mother and my brothers, and growing up in in a poor area and um, not having much, you know, as far as uh, father figure, so to speak, in the house. But then having a coach right come in during my uh, my third year there, my uh, junior year there, um, after uh, they had let, let Coach D's go, um, and him really embracing me and seeing the potential that I had more so than I saw in myself because I wasn't you know came in a really skinny guy that yeah I was I was playing okay but to think that I could get to the NBA was really not a, a, a thought that I had. You know, I'm thinking more, you know, I just want to get an opportunity to play professional ball no matter where it is. But when he came in and saw the level of talent that I did have and I had a special gift, you know, as far as what people don't have, 
um, that people didn't have in the NBA, um, he saw that opportunity to mold me and in, in, in a way that he made it in the NBA, which was on the defensive side of the ball. So he gave me a lot of different techniques and, and, and kind of shaped my skill level, um, so to speak, on the basketball court and mentality on the basketball court and then also talking yeah. to me about things off the court mistakes that he's made, you know, when he was playing at the pro level and pitfalls and stuff that I should look out for, um, um, so to speak. And then just the family atmosphere that he created with the team and the guys. Uh, we were always over at his house. We was always a part of his family, his wife, um, rest in peace, um, and his kids, growing up in his kids' life and having that family atmosphere that you could go to, um, whether it's just for a meal or, or what have you. I don't know if he's violating NCAA rules or not where he was doing something, <laughs> but, but at the same time, he gave you that comfort zone of being that, that father figure, that, that confident builder. Um, to and, help, I, you know, and I'm in the losing that field say that it, I think it helped with guys like Joby, guys like Maury, that they give you a perspective that perhaps you hadn't thought of before. Absolutely. It makes you realize how powerful you can be if you just focused. You know, and know that that's right. something that, you know, forget money. You can make money, but to change someone's mind and someone's perspective, that's something that can take with them forever. Absolutely. You know? that, that, that's the power, the, the power of influence. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because when um, we come from break, I want to ask you guys about that, what you just said, the power of influence or what you, your mind has to change on like that. But we'll be right back. This is James, Reg, and Theo. Reg, what are we feeling for Theo here? Oh, man. I'm in here with James Lovin, former pro player, video uh, rattling, philanthropist, entrepreneur, businessman. I'm feeling the love, baby. I'm feeling the love. The love. Oh, baby. We'll be right back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jack Love, your host of Loving That Sports Talk at former NBA player Reggie Slate. You still with me, Slate? Film the love, brother. Film the love. Uh, and we have former NBA player Theo Rattler. You with me, P? Yes, sir. Loving it all day and every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, well, I'm glad that Theo brought something up and you talked about Reggie, too, but kind of want to talk a little bit about the difference and the pressure because. You know, it was funny. I was just talking to uh, Chris Carter, friend of mine, the other day, and we was talking about Odell Beckham, you know, stuff you, you got to deal with on the field and off the field of your play. How different was that, you guys, from going to college and then the pro? You know, you know you got people looking at you as a role model. You know, what do you guys feel about, you know, the way you have to act and like that? Do you feel you have to act a certain way for the media and the people? Uh, go ahead, Rex. Let you start. Um, I think there are certain characters that you have to have within yourself in order to even get to a position of a, a, a top tier, either in college or certainly when you get to the pros. There are habits that you put and incorporate in what your daily life is that are second nature, hard work, learning to work with teams, focus, so on and so forth. You know, And, and, and those are characteristics that, that people that want to be where you are find attractive. You know, I always say that people that have potential are attracted to people that have power because that's what they want to be. And people that have power are attracted to people of potential because they see that guy that's struggling like he used to a year or two, five years ago, and wants to help him along. So inadvertently, I think that guys are role models that attain these higher tiered positions in athletics, not necessarily because they're, you know, I they have something written down and saying that they have to accomplish this or accomplish that. But, but the, the, the characters and the habits that you have to incorporate into who you are are things that are necessary for you to even get there, and they are characteristics that people want to have or be associated with. Hopefully that makes sense. That's very profound by Professor... Coming from the guru himself. <laughs> but it's true. Is it it's true? It's <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree one hundred percent with you, Slate. Um, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this, let's see your talk. One of the things that impressed me was uh, you know, my career was a little bit a lot shorter than Theo, or I don't even know how many years Theo played, but you know, I was kind of on my way to going out, and Theo was still going up. And I would visit him on days that we played him. And I can recall going up to Theo's room, and instead of relaxing before the game, this sucker's doing sit-ups and push-ups. Trying to get his little bird chest developed, you know? Because he had a full-on bird chest. <laughs> it was full-on bird. <laughs> but he's a guy that has done really good and had achieved a high goal, and he's still wanting to get better, wanting to get better, you know? And those, again, are characteristics that people want to achieve. You know, little kids, like, I want to be like him. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Good, Phil. Well, well, definitely. Um, like I said, Slate just touched on it. Um, it it's really about it's really about self awareness and, and, and what you want to do and what you want to want to achieve, and that's that's with anything in life. You have to go after it one hundred percent, and you have to look and emulate people that have had success because um, everybody's done whatever it is you're trying to do. Somebody done did it before you. So if you can look at a model and see that they have the, the right model and they're successful at that particular model, and, and my whole thing was always listening to the older guys on how they, how they, how they came from high school and, and went on to college and, and their whole mindset and how their work ethic, um, their work ethic changed to help them to be able to excel you know, within the NBA. Um, but I kind of had that mindset, you know, from day one, because like I said I grew up a skinny kid, bird chest all, um, you know, smaller than everybody I played against, even in high school. So I was taller than a lot of people, but I was smaller than everybody. So I knew in order for me to get better, I had to work, and I had to work. So I developed, it became second nature to me to just go out and do extra running, to do to go and lift weights, to, to do whatever it is, do push-ups in the room before games, and, and to do all these different things because I knew that in order for me to continue to compete and be at my best level, I have to give myself that opportunity by preparing myself to be at that best level. So as far as like the mental, the mental training that it took in order to get that process in my head of being able to, to do the things I did on the floor as far as defensive-wise, knowing all the different coverages, knowing what the offense is doing. These are all the things that you have to kind of put and encompass um, in like a split second. So it needs to be second nature to you, just something that's on split reaction, but your mind has already processed everything before you even go through it. So now you know when you step on that floor – you're 100% ready to go, and you can go and do your job. You know, yep. Theo and Rich, I want you to talk a little bit, because I talked to Slate about this a little. You know, when I was in Philly, my coach, Al Robert, every time we come home from practice, he's like, hey, the only way you're going to make this team is you got to study your play. He say, everybody got this ability to be here. It ain't about the ability. It's about mentally getting you know prepared for this. Is that the same with the NBA? Is it mentally or is it physically? I mean, you know, what is the difference in there that, you know, you notice of trying to make it there? Bill, you want to start with me? Yeah, well, well I mean, it, it's definitely, the game is 90% mental, 10% physical. Because like you said, everybody that's pretty much there have been great in college. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's the mental aspect of being able to do some of the things, like I said, to have a discipline not to go to the party the night before the game. <laughs> to not get on the boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then to not to not do those things that's gonna affect you when it comes to the game because you're gonna have lingering effect whether you admit it or not, you're gonna have lingering effect when you go out yep. and you go out and you do things that you're not supposed to be doing and you're getting tired and fatigued and not mentally preparing yourself to go in the battle. 
So right. it's about those those certain disciplines that you have to have, you know, within yourself. And those are the things that I know Slate talk about a lot when he, you know, he's on the social media and talking to kids. And that's something that I always try to push, you know, in kids' head. It's about sometimes you got to make a sacrifice. You might not be able to go to the party. You might mm-hmm. need to be in. You might need to be studying your place. You might need to be going to the gym at that time and mm-hmm. to get ready to play. And I think that separates a lot of people, and that's the middle part that separates mm-hmm. a lot of people having this success and a lot, a lot of people not having this success. If you have the talent and you have the mental capability to be able to apply the talent, then you can win. You can, you can become pretty good at what you do, and that's what it's all about. Right. Right. Great. You know, whether you know it or not, whenever you get a scholarship to a college, you become a role model because you're one kid out of the whole neighborhood or maybe even more than that. So you might be Absolutely. one kid out of 50, and they're like, man, look at, I'll say, uh, uh, James. Look at James, man. He made it. But why, but in reality, you can't stop there because it just started. Because you want to be like, work really hard and eventually be like, okay, James not only went to college, he's playing. But wait a minute, James not only went to college and played, but he got his degree. Well, wait a minute, James not only went to college, got earned, worked his way to get a scholarship, he uh, uh, played, he got a degree. If he's blessed enough to play in the NBA or NFL, and once he finished, he's also continuing his uh, work uh, in, a, in an entrepreneurial way, and he's giving back to kids. Oh, you just you just keep on. The more you get blessed, yep, right. The more you gotta bless other people because you're whether you know it or not, you are such an example of who people want to be. It's not just enough to get to college. It, enough, it wasn't enough for Theo just to make it to the league. It wasn't enough for Theo to become an all-star. It wasn't enough for him to get into the business world. It's never enough because people that people that achieve great things, they understand what uh, having unlimited, uh, unmeasurable potential means or power. Why, why do I say unmeasurable? Because every time you have a self-imposed limit, okay, I'm going to make it to college. Okay, it bumps it up to, okay, I'm going to get a degree. Okay, I'm going to uh, make it to professional ranks. Okay, after I'm finished my career, I'm going to be in the business world. Okay, I own one business. I'm on a couple businesses. It, it, it's immeasurable. You find out that there really are no limits. And as long as you are, as Theo was talking about earlier, making sure the distractions don't distract you, what are the distractions? Distractions when you're younger are, are easy to recognize. There's the girl, there's the drugs, there's the parties. You know, doggone well you should be in there doing some sit-ups and push-ups like Theo was talking about. You know, dog going well, you don't need to be in that big match if you can afford to eat something better to put in your body. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you can, if you learn how to stay away from the distractions and you're like and you don't fall into the, what I'm missing out on, because what happens, and Theo I think can attest to this, is those distractions that you were chasing, that you were focused enough not to chase, they start chasing you. Because everybody right. by the guys in the NBA a drink when he goes to the bar. Every yeah. chick wants to run up there and be with a guy that was in the NBA. Every, you know what I'm saying? And that's the key. Yeah. You just got to you have to master your, your like self discipline and focus and realize what is. 
you know, and, and Theo says some good to both, you know, that makes a distraction to what you're doing. I mean, I know when and um, the guys, when we were there, they went to the 316. Eric Lechner, Sean, Dan, Pennis, we not once seen them all guys. I seen Theo, I seen Pennis, we was at, I can't remember, eat something. I'm like, God, Pennis, nobody see you guys. He would get something to eat. And that's going back to their dorm room to study, you know what I'm saying? They right. never was out for no distraction. Those guys were focused. I mean, right. focused. You never seen no guys all party when they was, you know what I'm saying? So, right. like you saying, you know, if you make a distraction, people going to do that. How big is that, though, guys, when, you know, like, you know, like, oh, they'll, that distraction, then they lost that big game. Can that be something that could make you lose a game? I'm going to hand this over to Phil. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, well, I well, watch well for me. Much, so. Well, for me, I mean, it, it's about the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you go out and you do what you did, but it's, it's not even about you going out and going to Miami and doing the party thing. It's about the distraction you created for your team. Right. Because now the team not focused on beating the opponent. Everything's pushing now on the media side. You got from social media to the press to the press conferences. Everything is focused on you going to Miami, being on a boat with your shirt off, and being in the club. Right. right. So now right. you done took everybody out. You know, you done distracted everybody. Not right. just your, not just yourself. You done distracted the whole team, and that's what I'm talking about when. It's about you understanding your impact. And that's what Reggie's talking about, the impact that you have. If kids seeing me out doing crazy stuff and they recognize me as one of their role models, then people tend to see, think that it's okay. You know, same thing. I played with one of the guys that was notorious for doing crazy stuff in, in, uh, in AI. And... He was a distraction a lot of times because some of the things that he chose to do at the time, it became the focus of what the media was talking about. You know, thank God there wasn't no social media going on like that. <laughs> you know, but it became the topic of discussion because you don't show up to practice when you know you got practice. <laughs> because you you hanging out and and all this that and the third, but you you know what I mean you not preparing yourself. It's not about you. We know you gonna be good. You gonna get your thirty points anyway. But at the same time, you have teammates. It's called team for a reason. The team has to be fully engaged and ready to go. And if you create a distraction for them, now you take you make your team less less oh. less more focused. You know. Um, and less effective, now it causes causes issues within your locker room. Because now you done, you done created not just an issue for this particular playoff game, you done created a whole issue for the organization. You hear, you hear Eli Manning talking about it. You know what I mean? You're talking about immaturity. Everybody's calling you immature. So now you done created a whole different situation from what you thought you were doing just for the sake of going and having fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, so you know what I mean? And that, a lot and of that's what Heavy is the head that wears a crown, baby. <laughs> yeah, but Man. we got well, a couple of minutes. Before we go, I want you guys to tell me, 
a red deal. Who was the leader on y'all? We had Galen Thaxon. He was like the father of the team. You know, he look over at him. He was like, you need to calm down. You know, he was our leader on our team and kept everybody in place. Who was it for you guys when y'all was coming at the, on Wyoming? Well, <laughs> your people. <laughs> well, my people. I'm gonna say this. I was I, I was supposed to be the leader, uh, but at the time, I don't think I was mature enough to have that role. I was more uh, follow what I do. You know what I mean on the court because yeah. I did do the extra steps because I knew I was gonna be uh, in the game a little bit longer than anybody else. And you know, my big deal was the whole rebounding deal. But I think had I the power to turn back the hands of time, I would have been a bit more vocal because we had guys on the team that were embracing having fun. And there's nothing wrong with having fun, but they were having too much fun. The focus was on the fun. <laughs> the, the rewards of playing are not the plane of playing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that during my time, I was supposed to be the leader, but I will say that I did not live up full-time to my job because I was not vocal enough. Mm-hmm. And, and for and for for me, you know, man, Slate had similar personalities um, on the floor. I was I was a worker, and and, and was always trying to make sure I had myself one hundred percent ready, um, yep. but didn't use that power to help my teammates to be able to be better. You know, in that leadership role that I did have. Um, because everything was about when you're in college and you know you got an opportunity, especially from a small college, it's about I got to make sure I go and kick butt every time I step out on the floor rather than I need to make sure my teammates kicking butt right. and they at their best and I'm pushing them to, to be at their best. Um, and I think that's kind of where my immaturity uh, came in as a uh, – as a player, what I learned in the league, what I, what I learned in the league, and certainly what I have learned now in the business world, is you know when you walk with someone, either you adjust to their pace of walking, or they adjust to yours. And it is very, very important for the person that is in the leadership position to have someone adjust to their pace. It's very important to lead and make sure that you know these guys keep up. You know, in the business thing that I do, I make sure that these guys have all the information, all the tools that they need in order to fulfill what I need them to do. You know what I mean? But it is very important that if you're in a leadership position, you get people to catch up to your pace. Red Steel, I want to appreciate you guys, man. It was great having y'all. Just talking around with me, man. I owe y'all big time. Much love, guys. (laughs) Okay, well, you can play this time we go out. All right, I guess. <laughs> I'm talking about going out to eat. James, James, and, uh... James Loving. The James Loving. What is it, sports? What you got? Sports Minute? Sports Show? Sports Show. What's the name of the program? James Come Loving. Come on, man. Who gave this man a show, man? Who <laughs> 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 did that, man? <laughs> but man, James, love it. I, hey, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Oh, no. Y'all be good.
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 